Is there a connection between chronic stress and cancer? Joining us online now is Dr. Jason Edwards. He's a St. Luke's radiation oncologist. Dr. Edwards, thank you so much for joining. Joe Holloman sitting in today for Wendy Weiss. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What is the connection here? Yeah, so over the past few decades, there's been several studies that have found associations between patients who have high stress and increased risk of cancer. And when they look at patients who actually have cancer who are in more stressful environments um, or who have chronic stress, they found that their outcomes are worse. And so there's not a, um, a stone-cold connection, but they find a strong association between those two things. I would think just getting the diagnosis of cancer would cause our stress to go through the roof, for starters. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it, and it's and it's important to separate short-term stress um, or acute stress versus um, chronic stress. And so we all have short-term stress, right? Every day, um, I'm talking on the phone with you. I, you know, there's a little bit of stress with that, and that can be good for us. Um, if you have a strong workout, um, you can have um, you know stress hormone release, and that can help your recovery. But it's really chronic stress, so it's um, you know stress that's um, unregulated over a long period of time can cause uh, multiple medical issues. Um, it's associated with work, worse outcomes with cancer, but it can also have effects on uh, insomnia, infect, effects on your GI tract, anxiety and depression, and cardiovascular disease. So it's really important to address the stress in your life and deal with it. I, I, I find it interesting, and, I, and I, I guess I go along. I was a bit surprised that it had an effect uh, with cancer patients. I understand how on your heart and your blood pressure, I guess I could relate to that because I could feel it. You know, when I stress out, I can feel those physical symptoms. Uh, I didn't realize that it basically exacerbated your cancer problem as well. So you mean physiologically it causes the cancer to grow more? Yeah, it's it's kind of an odd concept, right? And and I think uh, you know a rational person would kind of meet that with some uh, level of skepticism. But when you look into the data on it, what they find is, if you have higher levels of stress hormone, your immune system doesn't work as well. And we're, we found that the immune system, uh, you know, in the last twenty years, we found that the immune system plays a critical role in fighting cancer. So much so that many of the new drugs that we treat patients with. Um, are immune modulators, meaning that they improve the ability of the immune system to, to kill cancer cells. And so if you have a disruption in your sleep or a disruption in your stress levels, then your immune system's not going to be as good, which opens the door for new cancers and makes your outcomes from uh, current cancers worse. And so that's the link between the two. So is that what we read, immunotherapy? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly, exactly. It's immunotherapy, um, and it amplifies your own immune system to let your body treat the cancer. And the beautiful thing about immunotherapy is patients don't typically have a lot of side effects with them. Uh, mm -hmm. They're well tolerated compared to the conventional chemotherapy drugs. Dr. Edwards, I would think the act of going through medical school would be so stress-inducing, and I don't know if it's still where you don't even get to sleep at all. How did you battle stress in medical school? Well, you know, the nice thing about the body is it adapts. Um, people adapt to all sorts of stressful situations, whether they're going through medical school or they're in prison or whatever it may be. And so t in my experience, when people are, are dealing with a stressful situation, it typically takes them a few weeks to adapt. Um, and then it kind of just becomes the norm. And so, you know, there, you have to, if you're dealing with stress, you have two options. You can try to decrease the external stress in your life 
Um, but like, you know, that tends to actually create more stress down the road. So if you were to quit your job, you know, that's going to create more stress in the long run. And it's the same, um, but, but your other option is to internally, um, you know, um, have some uh, biological homeostasis where your, your body and your mind adapts to your current situation. And so for sure, especially in residency after medical school, that's where the sleepless nights come in. And, and it's a tough go, and I'm sure your immune system is, you know, is not the strongest it could be during that time. But you've got to do other, you know, they're not doing the sleepless nights and the hard hours, that's not an option. And so you have to do some other things to um, uh, kind of bolster your systems, which means, you know, uh, try to avoid alcohol, try to avoid cigarettes, try to eat a little bit better. Even though you're really busy, try to exercise a little bit when you can, and that will make your body stronger to kind of, you know, weather the storm. As a non-medical person, it never made sense to me that people going through medical school would be sleep deprived. It seems bad for their health, that it would not help the patients and it would not help them learn. But that's just me, a regular person who did spend some decades sleep deprived. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And so they've done studies on this in the residency programs, and the data is actually mixed on it, but they put an 80-hour limit on um, how much you can work in a week. Um, and, 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 you know, some residency programs, that's more strictly enforced and some it's less strictly enforced, but there's only 168 hours in a week. And so 80 <laughs> hours a week is a, a pretty solid, you know, week. And, um, and so it, it's, um, that's kind of a double-edged sword because you don't, you want your residents, you know, somewhat well-rested, um, you know, your young doctors well-rested, but at the same rate, it, it looks like it's extending the training period because when people, you know, if they have a five-year residency, and they have restricted hours. At five years, they may have to do some extra training, um, sometimes in the form of something called a fellowship, um, where you get extra training. Um, and we're seeing more um, residents go into fellowships now, and they think one of the reasons for that may be that they're getting less time in the hospital during their typical residency. Mm-hmm. Do the, is the when you talk about the stress, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a big believer in that. Stress is probably the big killer behind everything, or at least the thing that's pushing every disease. And have seen that, but uh, have seen things about that is still the best way you talk about. It. And some of it's, I think a lot of people think that, well, if I have a glass of wine or I have a cocktail, that's reducing my stress. But every yeah. time I hear about stress, I always say about alcohol intake. And I think that's at least to the layman counterintuitive because they think, well, if I have a beer or two, that relaxes me. I feel better. That's yeah. helping my stress. Yeah, so it's a paradox. And so like a cigarette um, or a, a beer, um, it does uh, relieve your stress in the short term. And, and, and you know, that's, then you feel good. And so you kind of get some positive feedback from that. But what they find is the rebound from that is not good. And specifically with alcohol, it really makes the quality of your sleep very poor. Mm-hmm. I, I, won, I wore a, a device that kind of tracks your sleep for a year and a half, and you could, you could see that. I mean, I don't drink a lot. But, but even one beer would, um, you know, very much make the quality of your sleep, um, you know, much less than it, than it typically is. And so um, in, in general, you know, um, even it, it, it would be better for you to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and now we're, you know, life's not perfect, right? You, you know, you have a, a drink here and there. That's one thing. But, um, but in, in general, uh, less is better. Okay. Well, you, you did say the one thing about walking, and I always 
tell people the thing that seems to take my stress level down is exercising. Exercise, yeah. But For then sure. I think people will think, oh, exercise. But literally that can mean, right, like taking a walk. You don't have to be setting a land speed record here. For sure. it, there's, you know, you go out for a walk today. Say it's a nice day today. You go out for a walk for 20 minutes. It just feels right. You know, it, it, we're, we're kind of made to walk and it, you know, anatomically, but also it's, it's almost meditative. You know, it's so good for your mind to get out, breathe some fresh air, enjoy nature. Um, I, I think if, you know, that's better than anything they could ever put in a pill. Um, and it's and it's kind of the basics, you know, eat good food, be around good people, um, exercise. They typically recommend exercising uh, about three times a week, 20 to 30 minutes. But I would say walking's great. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great start. And, and it makes you start looking at yourself as a healthier person, too. And so it's a great habit to get in to get into. I think, you know, your last point, I think, is well put, because I at one time was uh, horribly overweight. And I thought, well, I can't do that. You know, and I, I all I would see with these commercials where people were running up the side of a mountain in their two hundred dollar, you know, running shoes or whatever. <laughs> but you know what I found out is is go out walk, drop ten, fifteen pounds, all of a sudden you can do a little more. And you wanna do more. And, and then you wanna do more. And and I think the other part is is that being selfish, it just felt good. You know, yeah. you didn't feel so sedentary, like a big lump. Mm-hmm. And then so it's like, well, I'll walk a little farther, I'll walk a little faster. Next thing you know, I'm I'm hiking. You know, I mean, it was like, uh, yeah. But it starts with that taking a 20 minute walk three times a week, and like you know, I said a stroll. If if you right, don't even want to call it right. a walk, take a stroll. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Jason yeah. Edwards is a St. Luke's radiation oncologist, talking about the research behind chronic stress and cancer. Before we go, uh, Doctor Edwards, do you know many physicians who smoke these days? You know, it's actually very rare. Um, you, you know, um, back maybe 40, 50 years ago, uh, you could even smoke in the hospital. Um, but there's a lot of social pressure, yeah. um, not, o- not only to not smoke, but in the doctor's lounge, I, you know, people eat pretty well. And so um, and so and then you start to notice that most of your colleagues exercise. And so there's some social pressure that actually works for you um, at, at St. Luke's, at least, um, at, where the doctors are in, in general in pretty good shape. Um, that's a good so example. It's, it's rare. Yeah. If you go to YouTube and look at com- TV commercials from the 50s, they're uh, doctors in their offices smoking while talking to a patient. I remember being a little kid with a doctor who was at least 40 pounds overweight smoking a cigarette. But we did not know then. Dr. Jason Edwards from St. Luke Radiation Oncologist, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Thank doctor. You.